Act Five of Much Ado About Nothing by William Shakespeare. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Scene One, Before Leonato's House. Enter Leonato and Antonio. If you go on thus, you will kill yourself, and tis not wisdom thus to second grief against yourself i pray thee cease thy counsel which falls into mine ears as profitless as water in a sieve give not me counsel nor let no comforter delight mine ear but such a one whose wrongs do suit with mine bring me a father that so loved his child whose joy of her is overwhelmed like mine and bid him speak of patience measure his woe the length and breadth of mine and let it answer every strain for strain and thus for thus and such a grief for such in every lineament branch shape and form if such a one will smile and stroke his beard bid sorrow wag cry <clears throat> when he should groan patch grief with proverbs make misfortune drunk with candle-wasters bring him yet to me and i of him will gather patience but there is no such man for brother men can counsel and speak comfort to thy grief which they themselves not feel but tasting it their counsel turns to passion which before would give preceptual medicine to rage fetter strong madness in a silken thread charm ache with air and agony with words no no tis all men's office to speak patience to those that bring under the load of sorrow but no man's virtue nor sufficiency to be so moral when he shall endure the like himself therefore give me no counsel my griefs cry louder than advertisement therein do men from children nothing differ i pray thee peace i will be flesh and blood for there was never yet philosopher that could endure the toothache patiently however they have writ the style of gods and made a push at chance and sufferance yet bend not all the harm upon yourself make those that do offend you suffer too there thou speakest reason nay i will do so my soul doth tell me hero is belied and that shall claudio know so shall the prince and all of them that thus dishonour her here comes the prince and claudio hastily enter don pedro and claudio good den good den good day to both of you hear you my lords we have some haste leonato some haste my lord well fare you well my lord are you so hasty now well all is one nay do not quarrel with us good old man if he could write himself with quarrelling some of us would lie low who wrongs him mary thou dost wrong me thou dissembler thou nay never lay thy hand upon thy sword i fear thee not mary beshrew my hand if he should give your age such cause of fear in faith my hand meant nothing to my sword tush tush man never fleer and jest at me 
I speak not like a detard nor a fool, as under privilege of age to brag what I have done being young, or what would do were I not old. No, Claudio, to thy head! Thou hast so wronged mine innocent child and me that I am forced to lay my reverence by, and with grey hairs and bruise of many days do challenge thee to trial of a man. I say thou hast belied mine innocent child. Thy slander hath gone through and through her heart, and she lies buried with her ancestors. Oh, in a tomb where never scandal slept, save this of hers, framed by thy villainy. My villainy? Thine, Claudio, thine, I say. You say not right, old man. My lord, I'll prove it on his body, if he dare, despite his nice fence and his active practice, his may of youth and bloom of lustihood. Away, I will not have to do with you. Canst thou so daff me? Thou hast killed my child. If thou killst me, boy, thou shalt kill a man. Content yourself. God knows I loved my niece, and she is dead, slandered to death by villains that dare as well answer a man indeed as I dare take a serpent by the tongue. Boys, apes, braggarts, jacks, milksops. Brother! Hold you content. What man? I know them, yea, and what they weigh even to the utmost scruple. Scrambling, outfacing, fashion-monging boys that lie and cog and flout, deprave and slander, go antically, show outward hideousness, and speak off half a dozen dangerous words that they might hurt their enemies, if they durst. And that is all. Brother Antony! Come, tis no matter. Do not you meddle. Let me deal in this. Gentlemen both, we will not wake your patience. My heart is sorry for your daughter's death, but on my honour she was charged with nothing but what was true and very full of proof. My lord, my lord! I will not hear you. No? Come, brother, away! I will be heard. And shall, or some of us, will smart for it. Exeunt Leonato and Antonio. See, see, here comes the man we went to seek. Enter Benedick. Now, signor, what news? Good day, my lord. Welcome, signor. You are almost come to part almost affray. We had liked to have had our two noses snapped off by two old men without teeth. Leonato and his brother. What thinkest thou? Had we fought, I doubt we should have been too young for them. In a false quarrel there is no true valour. I came to seek you both. We have been up and down to seek thee, for we are high-proof melancholy and would fain have it beaten away. Wilt thou use thy wit? It's in my scabbard. Shall I draw it? Dost thou wear thy wit by thy side? Never any did so, though very many have been beside their wit. I will bid thee draw, as we do the minstrels, draw to pleasure us. As I am an honest man, he looks pale. Art thou sick or angry? What courage, man! What, though care killed a cat, thou hast metal enough in thee to kill care? Sir, I shall meet your wit in the career, and you charge it against me. I pray you, choose another subject. Nay, then, give him another staff. This last was broke cross. 
by this light he changes more and more and i think he be angry indeed if he be he knows how to turn his girdle shall i speak a word in your ear god bless me from a challenge you are a villain i just not i will make it good how you dare with what you dare and when you dare do me right or i will protest your cowardice you have killed a sweet lady and her death shall fall heavy on you let me hear from you well i will meet you so i may have good cheer what a feast a feast if faith i thank him he hath bid me to a calf's head and a capon the which if i do not carve most curiously say my knife's naught shall i not find a woodcock too sir your wit ambles well it goes easily i'll tell thee how beatrice praised thy wit the other day i said thou hadst a fine wit true said she a fine little one no said i a great wit right says she a great gross one nay said i a good wit just said she it hurts nobody nay said i the gentleman is wise certainly said she a wise gentleman nay said i he hath the tongues that i believe said she for he swore a thing to me on monday night which he forswore on tuesday morning there's a double tongue there's two tongues thus did she an hour together transshape thy particular virtues yet at last she concluded with a sigh thou wast the properest man in italy for the which she wept heartily and said she cared not yea that she did but yet for all that and if she did not hate him deadly she would love him dearly the old man's daughter told us all 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 and moreover god saw him when he was hid in the garden but when shall we set the savage bull's horns on the sensible benedict's head yea and text underneath here dwells benedict the married man fare you well boy you know my mind i will leave you now to your gossip-like humour you break jests as braggarts do their blades which god be thanked hurt not my lord for your courtesies i thank you i must discontinue your company your brother the bastard is fled from messina you have among you killed a sweet and innocent lady for my lord lackbeard there he and i shall meet and till then peace be with him exit he is in earnest in most profound earnest and i'll warrant you for the love of beatrice and hath challenged thee most sincerely what a pretty thing man is when he goes in his doublet and hose and leaves off his wit he is then a giant to an ape but then is an ape a doctor to such a man but soft you let me be pluck up my heart and be sad did he not say my brother was fled enter dogberry verges and the watch with conrad and borachio come you sir if justice cannot tame you she shall ne'er weigh more reasons in her balance nay and you be a cursing hypocrite once you must be looked to how now two of my brother's men bound borachio one hearken after their offence my lord officers what offence have these men done marry sir they have committed false report moreover they have spoken untruths secondarily they are slanders sixth and lastly 
they have belied a lady thirdly they have verified unjust things and to conclude they are lying knaves first i ask thee what they have done thirdly i ask thee what's their offence sixth and lastly why they are committed and to conclude what you lay to their charge rightly reasoned and in his own division and by my troth there's one meaning well suited who have you offended masters that you are thus bound to your answer this learned constable is too cunning to be understood what's your offence sweet prince let me go no farther to mine answer do you hear me and let this count kill me i have deceived even your very eyes what your wisdoms could not discover these shallow fools have brought to light who in the night overheard me confessing to this man how don john your brother incensed me to slander the lady hero how you were brought into the orchard and saw me caught margaret in hero's garments how you disgraced her when you should marry her my villainy they have upon record which i had rather seal with my death than repeat over to my shame the lady is dead upon mine and my master's false accusation and briefly i desire nothing but the reward of a villain runs not this speech like iron through your blood i have drunk poison whilst he uttered it but did my brother set thee on to this yea and paid me richly for the practice of it he is composed and framed of treachery and fled he is upon this villainy sweet hero now thy image doth appear in the rare semblance that i loved at first come bring away the plaintiffs by this time our sexton hath reformed signor leonato of the matter and masters do not forget to specify when time and place shall serve that i am an ass here here comes master signor leonato and the sexton too re-enter leonato and antonio with the sexton which is the villain let me see his eyes that when i note another man like him i may avoid him which of these is he if you would know your wronger look on me art thou the slave that with thy breath has killed mine innocent child yea even i alone no not so villain thou beliest thyself here stand a pair of honourable men a third is fled that had a hand in it i thank you princes for my daughter's death record it with your high and worthy deeds twas bravely done if you bethink you of it i know not how to pray your patience yet i must speak choose your revenge yourself impose me to what penance your invention can lay upon my sin yet sinned i not but in mistaking by my soul nor i and yet to satisfy this good old man i would bend under any heavy weight that he'll enjoin me to i cannot bid you bid my daughter live that were impossible but i pray you both possess the people in messina here how innocent she died and if your love can labour aught in sad invention hang her an epitaph upon her tomb and sing it to her bones sing it to-night to-morrow morning come you to my house and since you could not be my son-in-law be yet my nephew my brother hath a daughter almost a copy of my child that's dead and she alone is heir to both of us 
give her the right you should have given her cousin, and so dies my revenge. O oh, noble sir, your overkindness doth wring tears from me. I do embrace your offer, and dispose for henceforth of poor Claudio. Tomorrow, then, I will expect your coming. Tonight I take my leave. This naughty man shall face to face be brought to Margaret, who I believe was packed in all this wrong, hired to it by your brother. No, by my soul she was not, nor knew not what she did when she spoke to me, but always hath been just and virtuous in anything that I do know by her. Moreover, sir, which indeed is not under white and black, this plaintive here, the offender, did call me ass. I beseech you, let it be remembered in his punishment. And also the watch heard them talk of one deformed. They say he wears a key in his ear, and a lock hanging by it, and borrows money in God's name, which he hath used so long and never paid that now men grow hard-hearted and will lend nothing for god's sake pray you examine him upon that point i thank thee for thy care and honest pains your worship speaks like a most thankful and reverent youth and i praise god for you as for thy pains god save the foundation Go, I discharge thee of thy prisoner, and I thank thee. I leave an arrant knave with your worship, which I beseech your worship to correct yourself for the example of others. God keep your worship, I wish your worship well. God restore you to health. I humbly give you leave to depart, and if a merry meeting may be wished, God prohibit it. Come, neighbor. Exeunt, Dogberry and Burgess. Until tomorrow morning, lords, farewell. We will not fail. Tonight I'll mourn with Hero. To the watch. Bring you these fellows on. We'll talk with Margaret how her acquaintance grew with this lewd fellow. Exeunt, severally. Scene two, Leonato's garden. Enter Benedict and Margaret, meeting. Prithee, sweet mistress Margaret, deserve well at my hands by helping me to the speech of Beatrice. Will you then write me a sonnet in praise of my beauty? In so high a style, Margaret, that no man living shall come over it. For in most comely truth thou deserv'st it. To have no man come over me? Why, shall I always keep below stairs? Thy wit is as quick as the greyhound's mouth it catches and yours as blunt as the fencer's foils which hit but hurt not a most manly wit margaret it will not hurt a woman and so i pray thee call beatrice i give thee the bucklers give us the swords we have bucklers of our own if you use them margaret you must put in the pikes with a vice and they are dangerous weapons for maids well i will call beatrice to you who i think hath legs and therefore will come exit margaret the god of love that sits above and knows me and knows me oh, how pitiful i deserve i mean in singing but in loving leander the good swimmer troilus the first employer of panders and a whole 
bookful of these quondam carpet-mangers, whose names yet run smoothly in the even road of a blank verse, they were never so truly turned over and over as is my poor self in love. Mary, I cannot show it in rhyme. I have tried. I can find out no rhyme to lady, but baby. And innocent rhyme. For scorn, horn, a hard rhyme. For school, fool, a babbling rhyme. Very ominous endings. No, I was not born under a rhyming planet, nor I cannot woo in festival terms. Enter Beatrice. Ah, sweet Beatrice, wouldst thou come when I called thee? Yea, senor, and depart when you bid me. Oh, stay but till then. Then is spoken. Fare you well now. And yet, ere I go, let me go with that I came which is with knowing what hath passed between you and Claudio. Only foul words. And thereupon I will kiss thee. Foul words is but foul wind, and foul wind is but foul breath, and foul breath is noisome, therefore I will depart unkissed. Thou hast frighted the word out of his right sense, so forcible is thy wit. But I must tell thee plainly, Claudio undergoes my challenge and either I must shortly hear from him, or I will subscribe him a coward. And, uh, I pray thee now, tell me for which of my bad parts didst thou first fall in love with me? For them all together, which maintained so politic a state of evil that they will not admit any good part to intermingle with them. But for which of my good parts did you first suffer love for me? Suffer love? Huh, a good epithet. I do suffer love indeed, for I, I love thee against my will. In spite of your heart, I think. Alas, poor heart! If you spite it for my sake, I will spite it for yours, for I will never love that which my friend hates. Thou and I are too wise to woo peaceably. It appears not, in this confession. There's not one wise man among twenty that will praise himself. An old, an old instance, Beatrice, that lived in the lime of good neighbors. If a man do not erect, in this age, his own tomb ere he dies, he shall live no longer in monument than the bell rings and the widow weeps. And how long is that, think you? Question? Hmm. Why, an hour in clamor, and a quarter in room. Therefore it is most expedient for the wise, if don worm his conscience find no impediment to the contrary to be the trumpet of his own virtues as i am to myself uh, so much for praising myself who i myself will bear witness is praiseworthy and now tell me how doth your cousin very ill and how do you very ill too serve god love me and mend there I will leave you two, for here comes one in haste. Enter Ursula. Madam, you must come to your uncle. Yonder's old coil at home. It is proved my lady hero hath been falsely accused. The prince and Claudio mightily abused. And Don John is the author of all, who is fed and gone, 
will you come presently will you go hear this news senor i will live in thy heart die in thy lap and be buried in thy eyes and uh, moreover i will go with thee to thy uncles exeunt scene three a church enter don pedro claudio and three or four with tapers is this the monument of leonato it is my lord reading out of a scroll done to death by slanderous tongues was the hero that here lies death in guerdon of her wrongs gives her fame which never dies so the life that died with shame lives in death with glorious fame hang thou there upon the tomb praising her when i am dumb now music sound and sing your solemn hymn pardon goddess of the night those that slew thy virgin night for the witch with songs of woe round about her tomb they go Midnight assist a moan, help us to sigh and groan, heavily, heavily. Graves yawn and yield your dead. Till death be hot red, heavily, heavily. Now unto thy bones, good night, yearly will I do this right. Good morrow, masters. Put your torches out. The wolves have prayed, and look, the gentle day before the wheels of Phoebus round about dapples the drowsy east with spots of grey. Thanks to you all, and leave us. Fare you well. Good morrow, masters, each his several way. Come, let us hence and put on other weeds, and then to Leonato's we will go. And Hymen now with luckier issue speeds than this for whom we rendered up this woe. Exeunt scene four a room in leonato's house enter leonato antonio benedick beatrice margaret ursula friar francis and hero did i not tell you she was innocent so are the prince and claudio who accused her upon the error that you had debated but margaret was in some fault for this although against her will as it appears in the true course of all the question well i am glad that all things sort so well and so am i being else by faith and force to call young claudio to a reckoning for it well daughter and you gentlewomen all withdraw into a chamber by yourselves and when i send for you come hither masked exeunt ladies the prince and claudio promised by this hour to visit me you know your office brother you must be father to your brother's daughter and give her to young claudio which i will do with confirmed countenance friar i must entreat your pains i think to do what senor 
to uh, bind me or undo me, one of them. Uh, Signor Leonato, uh, truth it is, good Signor, your niece regards me with an eye of favor. That I, my daughter, lent her, tis most true. And I do, with an eye of love, um, requite her. The sight whereof I think you had from me, from Claudio and the prince. But what's your will? Your answer, sir, is enigmatical. Uh, but for my will, uh, my will is your good will, may stand with ours, this day to be conjoined in the state of honorable marriage, in which, good friar, I shall desire your help my heart is with your liking and my help here comes the prince and claudio enter don pedro and claudio with two or three others good morrow to this fair assembly good morrow prince good morrow claudio we here attend you are you yet determined to-day to marry with my brother's daughter i'll hold my mind were she in ethiop Call her forth, brother. Here's the friar ready. Exit, Antonio. Good morrow, Benedick. Why, what's the matter that you have such a February face, so full of frost, of storm, and cloudiness? I think he thinks upon the savage bull. Tush, fear not, man, we'll tip thy horns with gold, and all Europa shall rejoice at thee, as once Europa did at last to Jove, when he would play the noble beast in love. Bull Jove, sir, had an amiable low, and some such strange bull leaped your father's cow and got a calf in that same noble feet much like to you for you have just his bleat for this i owe you here comes other reckonings re-enter antonio with the ladies masked which is the lady i must seize upon this same is she and i do give you her why then she's mine sweet let me see your face no that you shall not till you take her hand before this friar and swear to marry her give me your hand before this holy friar i am your husband if you like of me and when i lived i was your other wife unmasking and when you loved you were my other husband another hero nothing certainer one hero died defiled but i do live and surely as i live i am a maid the former hero hero that is dead she died my lord but whiles her slander lived all this amazement can i qualify when after that holy rites are ended i'll tell you largely of fair hero's death meantime let wonder seem familiar unto the chapel let us presently soft and fair friar uh, which is beatrice unmasking i answer to that name what is your will do you not love me why no no more than reason why then your uncle and the prince and claudio have been deceived they swore you did do not you love me troth no no more than reason why then my cousin margaret and ursula are much deceived for they did swear you did they swore that you were almost sick for me they swore that you were well-nigh dead for me tis no such matter then you do not love me no truly but in friendly recompense come cousin 
I am sure you love the gentleman. And I'll be sworn upon that he loves her, for here's a paper written in his hand, a halting sonnet of his own pure brain, fashioned to Beatrice. And here's another, writ in my cousin's hand, stolen from her pocket, containing her affection unto Benedict. Ah, a miracle! Here's our own hands against our hearts. Oh, come, I'll have thee. But by this light I, I take thee for pity. I would not deny you. But by this day I yield upon great persuasion, and partly to save your life, for I was told you were in a consumption. Peace. I I'll stop your mouth. Kissing her. How dost thou, Benedict, the married man? I'll tell thee what, Prince. A college of wit-crackers cannot flout me out of my humour. Dost thou think I care for a satire or an epigram? No. If a man will be beaten with brains, or shall wear nothing handsome about him, in brief, since I do purpose to marry, I will think nothing to any purpose that the world can say against it, and therefore never flout at me for what I have said against it. For man is a giddy thing, and this is my conclusion. For thy part, Claudio, I did think to have beaten thee, but in that thou art like to be my kinsman, well, live unbruised and love my cousin i had well hoped thou wouldst have denied beatrice that i might have cudgelled thee out of thy single life to make thee a double dealer which out of question thou wilt be if my cousin do not look exceedingly narrowly to thee come come we're friends let's have a dance ere we're married that we may lighten our own hearts and our wives heels we'll have dancing afterward oh first to my word therefore play music oh prince Thou art sad. Get thee a wife, get thee a wife. There is no staff more reverend than one tipped with horn. Enter a messenger. My lord, your brother John is ta'en in flight, and brought with armed men back to Messina. Ah, think not on him till to-morrow. I'll devise some brave punishments for him. Strike up, pipers! Dance. Exeunt. End of Act 5 End of Much Ado About Nothing by William Shakespeare